Hey y'all, if you're interested in starting a podcast, listen up. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy and then you can distribute it everywhere. That's what me and Jojo use. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. It lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating it today. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money with ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's free. It's free 99. So go ahead and get started. Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat Podcast, y'all. I am your host, Jojo. And I'm Daira. Ooh. I literally almost forgot what I was going to say in that very second. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even know what was coming out of my mouth. I was just hoping it was the right thing. You're a natural. God bless us all. (laughs) All right, y'all. So this episode has been asked for by many, many people, and we've been wanting to do it. But it's such a heavy topic that we wanted to make sure that, you know, we got all the facts ready and that we were mentally prepared to just talk about it. Um, So the episode is going to be about domestic violence in LGBTQ relationships. It is very much long overdue, first and foremost. And I apologize ahead of time in advance if you don't already hear it because I fucking hear it because I'm right next to the door. Uh, It's our dogs fighting in the kitchen. And I know if you are quite the observer or these motherfuckers was just loud, you definitely heard them barking in the last episode. Yeah, so tragic. Like, I don't know who told us to get two dogs. You. Some major lesbian (laughs) shit. You. Anyway, yeah, we're very long overdue with this episode. Um, So I guess we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. So to start, we want to get into what counts as domestic violence. I think it's very easily mistaken and people see it as such a, obviously it's like serious, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when you come from, at least like from my perspective, when you come from a family where getting your ass beat is regular shit, you know, it's discipline. Um, I guess we don't, it's like mental health. We don't take it as serious. Um, so pretty much domestic abuse, also called domestic violence can be defined as a pattern of behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Abuse is physical, sexual, emotional, economic, or psychological action or threats that influences another person. Yes. Um, So I want to go over a few facts because I feel like they're important, especially to the people who listen to this podcast. So... For facts, I have that black um, members of the LGBTQIA community are more likely to experience physical violence. Around 44% of lesbian and 61% of bisexual women have experienced forms of rape and physical violence by an intimate partner as compared to 35% of straight women. So... Since most of, obviously, we have a gay podcast and most people who listen to podcasts are women, I feel like these are just important facts to talk about because for some reason, just like black and and Latino people are always the one that are in these type of situations. And it's because we have the least amount of resources. Um, But yeah, so I have a question for you. Why do you think that domestic violence is higher in same-sex relationships? Because we just think we can do that. Yeah. I feel like in a same-sex relationship, you think like, oh, we we the same. Mm-hmm. Like, partner, no partner, bitch. I'm a guy, you're a guy. I'm a girl, you're a girl. Like, it's... Like, it, we gonna fight. Yeah, it's this this equal, equal game right now. Uh-huh. You could get it. Yeah, I think that a lot of times we see each other as equal. Like when you're in a straight relationship, like you probably won't hit your man or whatever because you're like, oh, he'll be my ass. But when you're in a in a in a gay relationship, you're like, we could go at it. Like yeah, you a girl, I'm a girl. You a girl, up? I'm a girl. Like let's let's brawl out. Um, which is such a toss toxic mindset, mm-hmm. but it really is like that. Um. It is, and I've seen it. 
And it's crazy because now that we're talking about it and it just sparked. Yo, TikTok, you see so many things. Yeah. So many things. You saw that TikTok video I sent you? Which one? Well, it was uh, it was a guy who was in a domestic... Um, oh, yeah. You did. Violent relationship. And he was showing pictures of like all the beats that he had and how much better he's doing now. But we've seen another couple on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was a gay couple, two two guys. Well, a trans trans guy and a you know cis guy, mm-hmm. both gay. Um, and they fought on live. Oh, that's what I'm trying to talk about. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm but talking about. But I, one of the, one of them yeah, is trans, so, right? Yes. I mean, that so, doesn't matter, but still, no, right? So one, it was if y'all are good, you know, familiar with TikTok, and you know Ace. Girl, I didn't know East who she was King talking about. Whatever. Yeah, she didn't know who I was talking about. That's why I was confused because I'm be on I'm her like, side you of don't TikTok. know, right? We she, have two different sides of TikTok, yo. She'd be on crazy ass TikTok. But so, she sent me the video and I was like, why are they fighting? It was Ace and Geo, if I'm not mistaken, his name is. Mm-hmm. And listen, TikTok was loving them. They were like cute for a while, you know. And then for, something told me that it was there was some some toxicity there. Um, I know they broke it up before and I think they had gotten back together and somebody, I think my best friend had came out and told me, and was like, yo, did you see such and such fall on live? And I'm like, why are people fighting on live? Like, why, why has it come to that? And then I realized who it was. And when she sent to me, I was like, yo, that's really crazy. Like two people, the fact that, and what kills me is like people who were partners, you know, in a relationship together. I already, I'm not a fan of talking shit on an old partner. I mean, we do it. When when they when they fuck up, they fuck up. You feel mm-hmm. me? So it's natural to want to talk shit. But ultimately we have to remember that we dated these people and we put these people on a pedestal at mm-hmm. one point, you feel me? Like this was someone you were riding for at one point. So it's like to get to a place where you're dragging them physically and like verbally, like their character and who they are and, and all that. I just think like that's so crazy because I don't think I would even want to get to that point. And even if I was to get pushed to the point where I feel like I want to physically, um, like physically hurt my mm-hmm. partner or an old partner, then that's already like a sign right there that I just shouldn't be here. Like this just isn't it. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about like why LGBTQ couples don't seek help when they're in that situation. We do get a lot of emails from y'all and we we have never read them out loud in the podcast just because we don't want to put people's business out there but some people have contacted us letting us know that they were arrested because of domestic violence um multiple people you know and you know they knew they were wrong at at the time but it's so it's something that happens so often that we don't even realize right um and one of the reasons why LGBTQ couples don't seek help. It's because when you do call cops to come and they come to to the house and it's two women, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to like handle these situations. And if they see two two women who are like both dressed in like, you know, loungewear at home, they don't know who the guy is in quotations. They don't know who to arrest. They don't know what to do because usually in straight relationships, it is the guy, right? Usually. Sometimes it is it is the, the, the girl. So they don't know what to do in these situations. And I feel like they don't take it as seriously. So since we know that, then we don't feel safe enough to even call them. Because we're like, they're not going to do anything anyway. Um, also, people don't seek help because they're not out. So if it puts them in a place where they have to talk to someone. And they're kind of putting their business out there. And they're not out yet. So it's kind of like a safety thing for them. And then the other reason is because people aren't going to believe them. Especially like in lesbian relationships. I feel like they don't take it as seriously. Um, So they just like really don't like believe you. Um, And it's sad because the other thing I want to talk about is like how sometimes we're in in this type of relationship. And we don't even realize that we're in it. And... I'm not going to lie. I've had my toxic toxic relationships and at the time I didn't realize it and then like thinking back on it when I had to get trained on all of this because I worked in higher education, I was like, "Oh wow, I was in that type of relationship before." 
Um, so we want to talk about some of the signs that you can see when you are in that domestic violence type of relationship. So I want you guys to ask yourself a few questions. I'm not going to go over all of them because it's so many. But does your partner embarrass you or makes fun of you in front of your friends or family? Like if they do this consistently, do they put down your accomplishments? Um, like let's say you tell them about good news and they're like, well, that's not a big deal. Like been there, been there done that. Like they don't celebrate. They don't celebrate it with you. Um, do they use intimidation or threats to gain compliance? They Do they tell you that you're nothing without them? Um, obviously, do they treat you roughly like grab, push, pinch, shove, or hate you? Um, do they call you several times a night or just show up to make sure that you are where you said you were going to be? Um, do they use drugs or alcohol as an excuse for saying hurtful things or abusing you? Like they'll do some shit and they'll be like, oh, it was the liquor. It was the alcohol. Always blaming it on the alcohol. Um, and do they make you feel like there is no way out of the relationship? Um, and a few other things. Do they prevent you from doing things you want to do, like spending time with your friends or family? Um, and do they try to keep you from leaving after a fight or leave you somewhere after a fight to teach you a lesson? Um, and I want to talk about a few examples that I've had. So I remember in my first relationship with a guy, he would show up where I was like unexpectedly, like just to see what I was doing or like see who I was with. And I thought that was weird because he could have just gave me a heads up. Like, I would be at, like, a, a campus party or whatever, and then he would just show up. And then he will make a fuss about where I'm at. Like, I didn't tell him where I was at. Weird. Um, And he also didn't like the fact that, like, on the weekends I would spend time with family and friends. He's like, you're always hanging out with them. Like, you're always chilling with your family and friends. I'm like, yes, because I'm with you Monday through Friday. We're 18, 19. Like, we, we're not married. Like, we don't got to be together 24-7. And not only did we, like, live on camp campus together, we lived, like, in the same building. We had classes together. Everyone knew that we were dating. So on, on some of the weekends, like, I would go home to, like, chill with my family or friends. And, like, that's important. So you could have your own time to see your family and your friends. It was tragic. Yeah, that's a little wild. Mm-hmm. I wish you going to pop up on me. It's, I think the thing that kills mm-hmm. me is, like, when people are like, you you see these people too much. You see your friends too much. You see your family too much. Like, my family? Like, what? That's out of line. That's completely out of line. Because I feel like you, like you said, you need that time apart. Especially, like, y'all was, mm-hmm. y'all was around each other all the time. Like, mm-hmm. to have accessibility like that. Mm-hmm. You coming crazy if you if you really bitching about the fact that every other weekend I might go and hang out with a friend or see a yeah. family member. Like, nah. That's yeah. off limits. Uh-uh. But some people are possessive like that. I think, like, you know, people who have that possessive character, they that's what they do. They yeah. just want to control you 110%. Mm-hmm. And every little bit that you give them, they, they keep taking. Mm-hmm. And I get the idea of, like, when you're in a relationship, you want to be the best partner and be, mm-hmm. um, like... I don't know how to say the word, but like, not submissive. I'm looking for another word where you're like, you know, considerate of your partner and like trying mm-hmm. to be less problematic, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then they just completely take over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you don't have to do that. But in my example, um, I did, which. I don't know why. I again I think it comes from your background and how you see relationships form from your parents, friends, family, you know, and you see that mannerism that they have with each other where they can talk shit or you know, call each other out their name or every once in a while when like they're they get angry, they think like, okay, um cuz we're all like that. We all get to a point where we can't control our emotions and we kind of get out of character, but ultimately um People don't know how to handle that and they react immediately. Like they don't even take a moment to think about their actions. They just immediately react. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think seeing that in our background 
through family and friends, we think that shit like that is normal. Um, to get into a fight with your partner and get to a point where you're so mad, you might have to hit him or you might pull him, grab him. You know, um, I can honestly say that that didn't that to me that wasn't abuse. Like yeah. that's just regular shit. Like you're you're just being passionate in that moment. Um, but things like that lead to escalation. Mm-hmm. You know, it leads to more than just a grab and a yell and a and throwing shit. Um, I've never gotten to that point. I mean, I have eventually, but initially in my early days, I didn't. And I honestly used to let my ex-partner like bitch me all the time, like call me out my name, um, just say wild shit all the time. And she was just used to doing that, period. She mm-hmm. she talked crazy to her mother. So like if she going to bitch out her mom and, yeah. and come really crazy at her mom, why wouldn't I expect her to do that to me? Um, yeah, no. What do you mean? Because I feel like you have a way of speaking to your mom that I'm like, oh, I, I could never speak to my mom like that. Yeah, but that's completely different. That's why I say, yeah, no. Because the way that she speaks to her mom could be a way that you don't speak to your mom. Like, I don't, I, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. I know that I'm at, I'm at level zero. Any little thing that I say, if I raise my voice or anything, my mom will smack me. It does not matter how old I am. Um, so I think it depends. But it, it sounds like we both went through like, kind of like an emotional abuse where we didn't know it was abuse because we always associated domestic violence with like physical abuse. Mm-hmm. We never really thought about like the emotional aspect of it. Right. And sometimes people who are doing this themselves don't realize it. You know, like they think that, oh, this is just how I am. But it's like, no, you're being toxic. and You got to chill with the, the things that you say and the things that you do. Like it's just not, it's not healthy. It's not normal. Yeah. Um I feel like people mm-hmm. don't sit down and have those conversations either. People are just like, uh, let me match that energy or mm-hmm. just like completely, excuse me, don't acknowledge the situation. They disregard it. Like, all right, you're mm-hmm. mad. I'm going to let you have that. Um, but they don't like discuss it and mm-hmm. be like, yo, that was a little crazy. Can we talk about that? Can we like find a way to not be like that? Mm-hmm. And I think that we try that, or at least I wanted to because of that previous situation where I knew like... I personally don't speak up much. I'm a person that I, I bite my tongue for the most part, obviously, unless I'm drunk. I'm guilty. When I'm drunk and I'm angry, I'm saying all types of shit. Um, I think that's the only time I act on my anger. Um, but ultimately, I feel like I tried to sit down and have the conversation with her because, again, in the beginning, like I knew I wanted this relationship and I wanted us to go somewhere um, that didn't put us back into our past experiences with old partners. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So I think having those conversations with your partner and being like, listen, this is what I experienced and this is what I don't want to experience again. And if this is what I got to do to make it better on my part, I need you to help me do your part too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it helps. So there are four types, no, five types of different um, abuse so I'm going to go over them. There are There is emotional abuse. There's psychological abuse, financial or economic abuse, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. And I'll give you guys an example for each one. So for emotional abuse, like I said before, like constant criticism, um, like belittling you, talking to you like they're your fucking parent, um, like name calling, um... And also like not letting see not letting you see your friends and family, just like being weird. They only want you to themselves. Uh, psychological abuse involves causing fear by intimidation. Um, like they threaten to like hurt themselves. Like if you you know if you break up with me, like I'm gonna kill myself type of thing. I feel like that's a regular thing. Uh huh. Um, they like to play like mind games with you, and like they they threaten they threaten you, and like they threaten things you care about or like they threaten like your pets they'll kick your pet like some weird shit like that that's that counts as that um financial economic abuse involves making or attempting to make a person financially dependent by maintaining total control over financial resources and they withhold access to like your money or um they don't allow you to like go to school or they don't allow you to go to work and you see this a lot in like straight relationships where um sometimes like the man 
you know, works and the woman is a stay-at-home mom and, you know, they don't have that um, privilege of working um, because they have to stay home with the kids. And I feel like they're kind of monitored with, like, everything that they do, with the money. Um, So that's another example of that. And then physical abuse obviously involves, like, hurting or trying to hurt a partner by hitting, kicking, burning, grabbing, pinching, Shoving, slapping, hair pulling, biting, etc. Um, and then sexual abuse, um, you know, involves forcing a partner to take part in a sex act when the partner does not consent. Um, and I remember with my like first female relationship, there was definitely some abuse in that one, more of like psychological abuse and like emotional abuse. Because of the whole, well, you know, if we break up, then then this is going to happen. I'm going to go into, like, a, a manic, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Um, and I remember one time, we were arguing, and we were, like, um, traveling. And I'm the type of person that I need space from you. Like, I need time to process things. Um, so I told her, like, I need space from you, I need space from you. Like, And we were arguing literally in the middle of the street on some tragic American shit because we were in Europe. And she pissed me off so much that I pushed her and then she fell. And I felt really, really bad about that because right after that, she was like, you're an abuser. Like, I cannot believe you you pushed me and blah, blah, blah. So like, I really fucked up with my mind uh, for a long time. And then I went to therapy and I talked about it. And I kind of like explained the full story to the therapist, not saying that I was in the right to push her because obviously I wasn't in the right to push her. But what caused me to do that was the fact that, you know, she left me stranded um, and just like the whole argument and like me asking her, can you please give me like some space? Can you please give me some space? And her not listening to me and being all up in my face like that ugh, annoyed me so much. But you know, I learned from that and, you know, going to therapy obviously helped with that because I felt really, really guilty. And I couldn't like before I couldn't say this story without crying because that's how bad I felt. Um, and just the fact that she was calling me like an abuser and that I had anger management issues and all this crazy shit. Like I'm the one in the wrong, right? Like nobody else is in the wrong. Um, but yeah, it's like so common that this happens in, in lesbian relationships. I didn't have too many, but just in the two that I had, I already have an example from one of them. And that's just so sad because I feel like people, people sometimes literally get so angry and so crazy that they kind of black out. Mm -hmm. And then that's when, that's when domestic violence comes into the mix. And yeah. I'm a very mm -hmm. playful person. I, I, I don't know. I like to play fight and I think that, you know, that's not that easy to get mistaken with real fighting. But mm -hmm. it's funny that you say you pushed Shorty because I ended up pushing pushing some some John. So Is it the one that that um told your car? No. <laughs> no. I should have whooped her ass. I'm not I can't believe lie. you didn't do that. But I didn't. I literally took that bitch back home. But <laughs> the first shorty, we were I was washing dishes. And again, a lot of my experiences come from my first relationship because I was so young and naive. And it's your first relationship. Like, mm -hmm. you learn everything from that relationship. You feel me? So everything after that, I was like, yeah, bitch, I'm not letting this shit happen again. Like, mm -hmm. which I didn't. So I, was, I remember washing dishes and I don't know what the hell the conversation was or if we were playing or not, whatever it was. I just remember washing dishes and she was doing something and out of nowhere, she like took this knife that we had i think i had just washed or something not a knife yeah and i just remember her like coming up behind me mind you she was tall as fuck so she came up behind me and kind of like held it like close to my no neck type way. shit and to her it might have been playing but funny. i think i was like i don't know what it was i was like fed up with the shit that day or i just was not feeling it and she happened to do that and i like instantly like turned around on her ass and she got so scared because i pushed her and i never pushed her i never like i barely even told the bitch off like mm -hmm. 
So for me to turn around and when I pushed her, I pushed the shit out of her. Like the big bitch damn near. I don't remember if she fell or she almost fell. Were you bigger than her? Like, you know, like just like stronger? Um, She was pretty fucking strong. She was oh, okay. skinnier than me, but she was taller and I was just like more heftier. But ultimately, like she the type of bitch that when she mad, she gets strong. But I was, I told mm-hmm. her, I was like, don't get me fucked up. Like, yeah. You get me mad, I'm I'm gonna have to bust you. Yeah. But um, yeah, I pushed the shit out of her and she was shook because I had never she had never seen me do such a thing. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where she left crying. Mm-hmm. Like she left my crib crying. Mm-hmm. And of course I ended up apologizing, telling her I'm sorry, like you put me in a weird ass position. And she was just like, Why would you even think that I would hurt you? type shit. And I was like, I don't know. Why would I think that it's okay for us to play with a knife? Like yeah, Bitch, yeah, a we, lot of things could have gone left. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay, it's one thing that we play fight, but even when we play fight, all we doing is just rolling around some bullshit wrestling. We, I'm, I don't. It's not like I'm out here pulling your hair, punching you, and like weird shit like that. Well, I don't even like to play fight anymore. Like, I have too much trauma from people in the past that I, I don't even play fight with you. We don't play fight because I feel like you, you start play fighting next thing you know, you really hurt someone and you get it knocked out. And I, I'm just not with that anymore. Like, she don't got the right temper to play I, fight. And I'm just not. I, I just feel like it could get. It could get crazy real quick. Like, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I don't like play fighting with girls because of that. I mean, it's the best way to, like, not get into shit. But, yeah, she left crying and it was bad. But after that, I don't think... Okay, I'm lying. I did. I, I got I got angry mm-hmm. um, with this dude I was fucking with one time. <laughs> and <laughs> oh my Lord. I got mad because I'm, I'm laughing like it's funny. And, you know, this is fucked up. And this is why I try to remove myself from situations prior to getting this angry. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I say, how often do you see me get really, really pissed off to the oh, point where, yeah. like, I'm wilding? I don't. Or at least I try not to. Uh-huh. So, it was my birthday a few years ago. I was having a party. Everything was already going left from this party. And uh, the dude I was fucking with at the time... He was like MIA and I'm over here like looking for him, like where the fuck he go type shit. Like how you just go MIA. Like you not even like, I don't give a fuck that you went MIA. It's the fact that I'm texting you, you not responding. I called you, you don't respond. All right. That's fucking weird. So he ends up coming back and I was, I was pretty lit and I'm like, where the fuck did you go? And he's like, oh, I was, you know, down the street on the phone talking to my brother da, da, da. and I was like, that's my corny. Like uh-huh. I was texting you. You could have told me that. Like, why the fuck you got people looking for you and weird shit like that. So he ended up getting, he was just really upset that night that I guess I wasn't paying him no attention or some weird shit. And I got so mad only because I felt like he was acting like a bitch. <laughs> and I was like, you really out here fucking calling people oh. talking about me and then and then i was even more mad because somebody was telling me how he was confiding to another shorty about me mm-hmm. and i was like mm-hmm. here you go being a bitch again so i was like on another level mad mm-hmm. and i ended up like ball tapping him and i was oh like oh but God. you mad because i'm not on your dick and i oh ball tapped him and he was like what? i have never done that to a guy i did i did and you're crazy. I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, it was on it was on my mom type shit. Like, I was like my mom in a flash. That is literally what your mom would do. Literally. That and that's what crazy. I'm saying. Like, to me, like that that came as not that my parents were putting hands on each other, but it was it's sometimes we I feel like, especially coming from Spanish and, and black backgrounds, like we react with our emotions mm-hmm. and sometimes it can get a little bit physical mm-hmm. maybe not to the point where somebody's getting their ass whooped or dragged but ultimately sometimes you do see people like kind of lay hands on each other so yeah i ball mm-hmm. tapped him and and i told him he was like a little bitch explain what ball tapping is people, people don't know what you're talking about what is all right it? so for me i i took my two hands like this and i hit him for the right. people who are listening only oh i'm sorry i took my two hands right and you know how you put your two hands in the V shape of your like vagina right there? Uh-huh. All right, well, I was from here and from waist, and I like literally took my hands and tapped his balls, like uh-huh. probably his whole dick. Who knows? I just hit him right in his private part. Uh-huh. Like, 
aggressively. Where, where did you see or learn that? Because I've never. My mother. Oh, okay. She's done that to you then? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. That is crazy. <laughs> no, the most. My mother. The most sure. I have is like, I, I because I don't, a guy. I don't do. It. I don't do. Well, you know, my room is really small, too. So if I would have pushed him, he would have hit something for sure. So I thought this, the littlest thing I could do was ball tap him. Because mm-hmm. I was, it was literally like a quick tap. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess he was upset. Of course he was. Uh, super upset about it. And But, like, I don't do face hitting. Uh-huh. So I, I guess that was, like, the only way that I felt like I could do something mm-hmm. in a physical manner um, without actually hurting him. Yeah. But he was not too happy about it. And then he left after uh-huh. he cried to my mom about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then I went to fight him. Mm-hmm. I did. I lied. I was I was ready to fight him. Mm-hmm. I went outside and I ended up, my mom ended up beating me the fuck up, basically. <laughs> she didn't beat me up. She she pulled my hair. She's sad that not raised you this way. Right. Basically, she was really mad. Like, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. that's, that's the crazy thing is like, I feel like we don't realize, but that people, not people, people, we're just not meant for everybody. Sometimes we do unexplainable things and weird things with certain people and we don't acknowledge that until later like way later and i think that for me with that situation i had realized that moment and like that day when that happened i was low-key scared because i was like yo i've never ever in my life put my hands on somebody but you were scared of what What were you how angry i was okay you were scared of yourself yeah okay because i was like that's crazy like Uh i'm I've never reacted that way. Mm-hmm. And I think I was scared of that was because um, I just had never seen myself in, in that light. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I've seen, like my mom's an outspoken person. My brother's an outspoken people. And I think that that happened because I'm not an outspoken person. Mm-hmm. So I'm the type of person when like I'll, I'll let shit build. Mm-hmm. And I think when it gets to the point where it's built already, it's like a burst. Yeah. And usually I don't take it out on people. So I think that was just it that day. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to fight him. And then I, he left. Yeah. I'm surprised you shared that on the podcast. Yeah, me too. Wow. <laughs> I really, yo, and it's crazy because I really be like, what is that? Oh, it's good. Oh. I really be like, well, um, I be forgetting things. Like well, I forget experiences until we're talking about certain things. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh shit, I guess that did happen. Oh shit, I guess I did experience that. Yeah. So that, yeah yeah i feel like it's not always pointing the finger at other people and realizing that people were crazy we all have like toxic situations Mm -hmm. or things where we we're not proud of or happy of and i think that that was my non-proud happy moment is that that happened yeah no i've had a couple and like um i'm not gonna share the full story but we were out once and alcohol is really is the devil for for sure tequila at least um and I'm not gonna lie, when when I have alcohol in my system, I'm I'm more brave. Like I'll literally say what's in my mind. Like there's no sugar coating. There's no filter. There's no filter. There's no filter. Like I'm just gonna say it. Um, and it was embarrassing because I don't even know if they listen to the podcast anymore. But we had an argument, and there were listeners there. It was it was like two girls that listened to the podcast. Um. And they didn't see this part, but I had threw water in Jojo's face because um, she pissed me off. And I told myself I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put my hands on nobody anymore after that last experience that I've had. So since I couldn't put my hands on you, I threw water. I threw, <laughs> I threw water at her face. Um, and it's funny now, but it's not that funny. Um, and we don't. Like, we don't condone violence and we don't try to come on here and pretend to be per- perfect because we're not perfect. So we are sharing these stories, not for you guys to judge us, but for you guys to see that we also have our issues, too. Yeah. Um, And it was it, it, like she said something that triggered me because it was something that um I guess I've struggled with like throughout my life. And I'm not going to get into detail because this isn't Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It was just like a, a natural trigger to me, and I just, um, you know, threw water in her face. Um, and yeah, I wasn't happy to happy about it, and like she wanted to talk right then and there, and I was like, I'm not trying to talk to you right now. Like, mm-hmm. we could talk later. Like, I need space from you. Um, 
But with that being said, I feel like sometimes we do these things, but we have to like think back at like the consequences. And the reason why I say that is because the first time that I ever hit somebody, I was actually in Europe and this guy grabbed my ass and I was wearing like a very short dress. So I punched him in the face because he grabbed my ass. So you know what he did? He punched me in the fucking face. That's what he did. And busted my lip. And nobody did anything about it. That's what baffles me. Like, nobody. Like, there were people around us, guys, and it w- everyone was just like, whatever. Like, okay, no big deal. Like, this man just punched a girl in the face. And he was like a grown man. And I was still young. I was like, I, I wasn't even 21. I think I was like 19, 20 because I was studying abroad. Um, and I go outside to the cops. I'm like, he just punched me in the face. He needs to like get out the club. Like I'm still trying to enjoy my night and I can't because this guy is still here. And they didn't care. Like the cops in Europe could care less. Like they were like, okay, like that's so normal, I guess, over there for women to just get punched in the face. Um, so I just, we left and I was with two girls that I had met um like on in the trip or whatever so it's not like they knew, really knew me but they were all upset and it kind of just ruined the night and I was just crying because I was just like not only did someone touch my ass but then I also got punched in the face for defending myself so yeah that I like I'm never gonna forget that story because I feel like it it kind of like um I was probably like three weeks into Europe but like I was like I want to go home like, I really wanted to go home. I didn't obviously didn't go home, but it was just like, I can't believe that this happened to me and like no, no one's going to do anything about it. So I feel like this is how people feel in like relationships when they're like in lesbian relationships and things. You go to the cops or the cops come to your house and they're like, okay, like you look fine. Okay, she pulled your hair and punched you in the face, but you look fine. You don't got no black and blues. Like, it's yeah. like, no, like, what the fuck? So. It's like there has to be like a visible. There has to be a fucking a huge mark on you. You have to to be bleeding from your nose or something for them. Your tooth has to be chipped for them to actually do something. Yeah. And I'm. That's not me talking shit about cops or anything like that. I think I'm. It's just like the system because they're not trained to like they they don't know how to handle these situations. Um. And yeah, it's just sad because we do get, like I said, we do get emails from from listeners who tell us their story and literally end up in jail. So like, <laughs> y'all gotta think twice before you do these crazy things because once you go to jail, you're gonna have a record. Mm-hmm. And then when you try to apply to a job and that's still on your record, that's gonna be hard, you know? I feel like if you get to a place where you feel like you need to take control over somebody, it's just... That's just not someone that you need to be with. And maybe you need to do some self-reflection and and unpack your your shit in your home life to figure out why it is you need to feel the need to take power over someone physically, mentally, emotionally, economically, financially, like people who need to be in such control of their partner, not even just your relationship. It it like your partner, like a whole other human being is really crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And um like I said, we like how we just talk like there is things that are under this, you know, umbrella of abuse that we don't realize is a form of it. Mm-hmm. And some are obviously more severe than others, but we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that period in order to make it not get to the point where we're gonna regret something you know yeah i feel like when you ever find yourself in this situation where you're like you guys are having like a really heated argument you know threats are being thrown name calling is being thrown like it's it's so hard to do but really just like sit and think and gather your thoughts and walk away just walk away. I'm telling you, girl, like literally just walk away because you don't want to be in a position where you could get arrested. Like, God forbid, you know, God forbid other people see this. Like, let's say you guys are arguing in the street. Other people see this. They call the cops and you're you're the one that's seen as the abuser. Like you, you never want to be in that position. And I feel like at times we're so heated and we just want to throw something and we just want to push or we just want to like say some really hurtful things. And you're just going to regret it. Like, all you're going to do is, like, regret it. You're going to be crying. It's going to be something that 
is going to be kind of like a little bit tra- traumatic. Um, and if you you are the other person who's like receiving these things, um, just walk away too. Like you don't need to take shit from nobody. Like people shouldn't be calling you names. People don't shouldn't be putting their hands on you. Like just walk away. Yeah, I feel like it's remove very, yourself from that toxic. It's situation. very important, especially if you come from a background of a, of abuse and family. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes to people like that, like like just as I was saying, mm-hmm. like growing up and seeing the aggression, you think that that's normal, and it's okay to realize that it's not, mm-hmm. and you don't have to take it and you can get away from it. And I think that prior to getting in relationships it is best to build like a safe space for you mm-hmm. you know and when i say building that safe space i don't mean just having a space for yourself but also allowing the people that you trust and that have the you know the best interest in you mm-hmm. or for you and they're gonna be there when you ask for help mm-hmm. they're not gonna be like oh girl well you're a girl too whoop her ass type shit or like you know that will enable it or make it seem like it's not as serious mm-hmm. um you have to find those people who who will make anything whenever you're asking for help or have an issue will make it a priority to be like okay wh- how do i help mm-hmm. how do we make this like a non-severe situation for you or get you out of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like, that's the best that you can do because most people don't leave these relationships. Like, people do recognize that their relationships are not regular relationships. You Mm -hmm. feel me? They do. It is abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like most times they don't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. No one to run to. And like you said, no one to believe them. Um, It's very easy to say, just leave. Yeah. But when someone has already that much power over you Mm -hmm. and you have no one and nowhere else to run to Mm -hmm. you're like well this is what i got yeah i gotta stick with it yeah for sure um and we're gonna include like some links for you guys on you know places that you can go to and talk to somebody about these things because our examples aren't as crazy but i know that there's people out there who've been in even worse um scenarios where they've really been like really physically abused um and nobody deserves that and you shouldn't you shouldn't have to deal with that because you feel like you deserve that regardless of what you did or regardless of what you said nobody deserves to be abused in any way um and i did want to mention a documentary that i saw um cuz i was also trying to see maybe like if there was any movies that talk about lgbtq domestic violence or any any shows or anything nothing nothing there's nothing out there of course but i did find one um and i'm going to link it to the description um it's also on prime but i f- found it for free and basically it's called deadly woman it's an american true life crime documentary um season 13 episode five uh 15 minutes in um they go over this story of a woman who her name was Lindsay. she was 30 years old and she went through a cruel and abusive seven-year relationship with becky reed who was 31 um and basically it just it's a very short 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 story but it goes over how Lindsay, who was abused lost like over a hundred pounds her girlfriend was starving her it was like a very crazy story and she would defend her girlfriend even though her girlfriend was punching her and abusing her she felt like she deserved that so when people would try to help out she would be like oh no like it's okay it's okay like it's not that serious like nah that's my girlfriend like she would ride for her girlfriend until then it was too late Mm -hmm. um and we can include the article. I've seen well. that though, where people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, uh, it's okay. Like I deserved it. Like I made them mad, or I like I provoked them." Mm-hmm. And I think that's so crazy. Like pro- whether you provoke them or not, it shouldn't get to that point. You yeah. feel me? Um. But yeah, that's crazy. Starved her, dragged her. Yeah, she did literally everything, and will make her like get food for her, and like she, the girl looked crazy. The girl looked... And her mom didn't... Her mom, like... Oh, yeah. And the girlfriend's mom also tagged along and would hit her along with along with the girl or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a crazy story. Um, and we don't... You know, we don't see that often, like I said. And I feel like there needs to be more talks, like, more talks about it. So then other people could be aware that, ooh, maybe I am in, a, in an abusive relationship that I need to get out of before it's too late. 
that don't mean just because you get in your feelings hurt and i don't mean like oh like obviously we're just talking about emotionally but uh-huh. there are some people who do like to hurt their partner by lying and saying they're abusive you know oh yeah there's so i feel like there's situations like that and and i feel like sometimes unfortunately even though there are um i don't want to say more i don't know the statistics so i'm not going to say that but obviously to us it's com- more common to see men hit women mm-hmm. or and that type of like all those abuse examples towards from men towards women but it happens vice versa there's mm-hmm. women who who abuse men and there's women who take advantage of the fact that it's a woman man relationship that she can accuse the you know him of being abusive too mm-hmm. and he could get in trouble for that yeah so i just feel like you know this is another thing that makes it harder for people to believe and to go through Mm -hmm. because you have people who lie Mm -hmm. about things you understand and that's with everything yeah so don't lie yeah and i feel like if you've done an abusive act that doesn't mean that you are an abuser you know, like, I feel like sometimes we do use that word very loosely. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you fucked up. You made the wrong decision. You made the wrong act. Now better yourself from that. Like, what are you going to do to make sure that this never happens again? Um, Whether that's therapy, whether that's, like, I don't know, talking to your partner, sitting down, talking about all these things. Like, I feel like sometimes people do things, they don't even talk about it afterwards. They literally fucking push you, slap you, and be like, okay, like, we're good, like. It's the next day happens and they pretend like nothing happened. Like, bro, we just had a toxic ass, you know, situation (laughs) and we're not going to talk about it, you know? All right. Well, I hope that you guys learned something from this podcast episode and I hope that y'all still fuck with us. I mean, like we're not perfect. We didn't say we were. (laughs) And I think it, I mean, I think it'd be crazy to even... Make it seem like we are. I know, but it's like we never really go into detail about like our arguments or like mm-hmm. things like that. And all we post on social media is obviously the good stuff. I feel like there are some lesbian couples out there that um, they are actual influencers. Like they do this for a living. Like, we don't do this for a living. We still got jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they only post like the the positive stuff. Like I never hear about them you know, talking about an argument or anything like that. Like, all they post is, like, the cute lovey-dovey shit Mm -hmm. with the captions that are, like, three paragraphs long, which is cute. We love to see it. But we also need to be realistic and talk about the arguments that we've had or the things that haven't been all so pretty. Um, But And then then it's funny because I feel like after they break up, that's when you see all the pictures of them crying. Mm-hmm. They'll start. They'll post pictures of them crying the and crying times. and crying, like different different pictures, videos. And it's like, yo, y'all wasn't talking about this shit before. Why? And I do think, like, okay, it's hard for us to imagine only because we do see the the best things. Like mm-hmm. they only post the best things of their relationship or the best things about the person. So it's mm-hmm. hard to like when it actually does happen. We're like, oh shit, like I can't believe that. But in reality, too, it's also naive of us to think that people are just per you know don't go through shit that they're just perfect and i think that like that's what i tried to portray to her and i felt bad because when we did have that um when we did have that argument and you know our listeners were there which we happen to like have gone with them Mm -hmm. um i felt bad but at the same time i was like you know which she didn't want to deal with it and she was like like relax like we got people here and i was like i don't give a fuck because Again, it'd be naive of people to think, like, we don't fucking have arguments, too. Like, people do that. People in relationships, people in not in relationships, everybody has arguments here and there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't it, you don't want it to be, like, this big old thing. Um, but I just think, like, one, I don't give up what anybody think. Um, because what matters to me is my relationship. So if I need to handle this now, I'm going to handle this now if it's going to save my relationship type shit. But again, people fight, people have situations. And um, I don't think that we try to make things look perfect. Um, We don't talk much about our situations. Um, And I think not because they don't exist, but I think it's because we don't have too many. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I think that's why we also refer to past experiences because we know that those ones were the most traumatic and shit. Mm-hmm. But also, like, again, we do have our situations. And sometimes when it happens, it's a little too early to talk about it. Um, yeah. Not that we're scared to talk about it. Um, but, yeah, we don't have as many. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we don't do this for a living. So it's like we, we could put out what we want to put out. Like, I feel like it's not... This is also not our life, you know? Like, it'll be one thing if, like, all right, this is what we do for a living. Like, we could talk, we could record every single step of our day. It's not like that. Um, But we also do want to be, like, honest with y'all because that's what the podcast is about. Yeah. But, yeah. Which maybe it's a good thing that it's not, like, a camera on all day because I think that that's what be pissing people off, too. Yeah. Like, it puts you to a point like, I just want to be left alone. I want some privacy. I don't want to be fucking bothered. Right. And, you know, when you have personal moods, it affects the mm-hmm. moods of others. So, it it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's it. Um, I guess we're going to get into this family meeting questions real quick. Yes. Numero uno. All right. My partner is my first serious queer relationship. They are very much a touch me not. I love them. But a part of me feels like I'm missing that experience I never got. Thoughts? This is kind of very similar to the question we had in the previous um, family meeting. Yeah. So I don't know if we went over this already. But I feel like um, the touch me nothing. It's just like, oh my God, it's just so tricky. I do feel like we answered this. But... (laughs) As you were saying, it's tricky. It's tricky, but like, so I so we did have a similar one, and I remember that we posted it on TikTok, and a lot of people in the comments were like, "Then y'all should break up." Mm-hmm. We're not taking advice from them, but <laughs> I think that sex is such an important part of a, of a relationship, and I think that you're right. Like, you are missing part of that experience. However, this is your first queer relationship. Do you know that you're going to marry this person? Who knows? Whatever. So, like, maybe your next partner won't be like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't want to think about what the next person has because we are, we're in this, like, relationship. But, like, having that conversation with them, like, let and letting them know that, like, you know, you want to try it and, like, that you'll be gentle and that, you know, it's an experience that you want to have and see how open they are. Um it's funny because I dated this girl and she was considered a touch me not. And I put that in quotations, but she wasn't. And then um, she had told me that like the partner that she was with for years probably went like they did like something maybe like twice. Like she went down on her twice in their like five year relationship. So she was kind of considered a touch me not, but she was not a touch me not because she let me do things to her. And I was like, well, why didn't you talk to these things? Like, why didn't you talk about this to, like, your partner that, like, you needed your needs to be met as well? Like, why do you need to seek that in, like, someone else? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that, A, it's because they are not comfortable with the idea of being submissive. Mm-hmm. Because it's with it comes a sense of, um, like... It's just that sense of femininity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not comfortable with being in that position. Um, and B, it could be that they just think, oh, um, I've never really been pleased from another person to the point where like I could lay on my back and let them do what they want. So I'm just going to be a touch me not and just be the pleaser because I don't find the idea of being pleased by someone else pleasing mm-hmm. um which i just think that that comes with people learning your body like yeah. you know it is an uncomfortable situation for everyone allowing someone the access to your body and i feel like from a more masculine or stud perspective it's just like a yeah that's too vulnerable for me like that's yeah. too so that's much. too sub and and like so much yeah so um, that's what I think, but I was like that at one point. Again, I was a more so relaxed and touch me not type shit in the beginning. And then I learned to embrace the fact that bitch, you got this body popping and you're not going to give it to everybody, but 
you could bless a couple lives. <laughs> so eventually I got comfortable. I didn't make it. I think for me, I didn't make it a, a regular thing where I'm just laying on my back. But I did tell myself like, it's, it's okay to be pleased every once in a while too. And I think that for me, it was also weird, not only because I wasn't comfortable with my body at first, but also because I hadn't reached um, a point where I was like, oh, like it's enjoyable because I'm being pleased as well. Mm-hmm. So I was only getting the pleasure in pleasing people. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I didn't allow. And then eventually, you know, I learned the way and I was like, okay, and noticed, okay, I like it when people do this and you kind of just learn. But it's not for everybody. Not all studs are touch me nots, but also the touch me nots are not always going to let every girl fuck. Yeah. I think it takes a certain someone. I was listening to this other podcast called Horrible Decisions, and they had a stud on the show. And the stud really said that femmes don't know how to eat girls out. I was offended. But maybe she thinks that. Maybe she's doubting you if you are a femme. You know, we're just, we're, we're over here making assumptions, but maybe yeah. she's like, you know what? I've tried it before with a femme and it, it was tragic. So I'm not letting no other femme touch me. Who knows? Maybe she had a bad experience, Yeah, but you got to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's your first time. You need to gain the experience. And if you're not getting it there, unfortunately, um, then you need to find another way to gain the experience. People don't consider your take the same way you consider theirs. Then tragic. You gotta, you gotta move forward. <laughs> we can't be selfish out here, y'all. All right, but the last one. Hi there, big fan of the podcast, especially as a new queer Latina. I've been with my husband for over three years, but I have always had questions about my sexuality. I recently came to terms that I am bi, and I told him he's super supportive about it, but has said that he has no intent of getting a divorce. I love him and he's a great guy, but part of me wants to divorce this new part. Discover. Oh, I can't see. I'm sorry. Said divorce. I really can't. It's a glare on this bitch. Um, <laughs> a part of me wants to discover the new part of my sexuality at the same time. God bless. At the same time, I'm terrified of the idea of getting a divorce and losing my best friend. What do I do? Okay. She does not want a divorce. Let's start there. It was a glare. I couldn't see. <gasps> You should see the font size, too. It's small as fuck. Um, Well, I mean, if he's being supportive about it, okay, cool. You told him. Um, I also feel like sometimes with these conversations, you don't know what to do with it because you're like, well, is this just a conversation and you letting me know? Or should, is there to be some action type shit? Uh Um, But I feel like. I mean, at least I would assume like, okay, so you're telling me this because you obviously want to figure it out. Like you want to try it out. Right. Um, If he didn't get that in the first conversation, then sorry, honey, you got to sit him down and let him know. It's like, what What do they think? Like, I don't know. Like, so we had Travis Travis and Steph, Stephanie on the podcast and they had said like, you know, if you're in this position, the first step, the first step is to let your partner know I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I, I don't understand what men don't understand by that. Like, she wants to explore her sexuality. Like, are you going to be okay with it or are you not? Yeah. Um, And I feel like in this position, if you were to tell him, like, oh, I want to explore, explore my sexuality and, like, you know, date some females, some woman or whatever, they're going to be like, okay, well, you're going to have to be okay with me doing the same. And it isn't, oh, I don't think that it's always like that, but you do have to keep that in mind. Like she said, if you're going to, if you want this this like discovery period and you want him to be selfless enough to allow you to do that, then if he proposes the same, um, I mean, you can't be like, oh, fuck no. So that means you're just yeah. not going to get your discovery period and he just can't go and do the same thing that you're doing. I mean, who knows? You're obviously Maybe you're doing like- it for different reasons, but I also feel like not all guys want to do that. Some of them rather just be like, you know what? Do that. If that's something we can do together, yeah. that's one thing. I don't mind that option. Or they're like, you do that and he, he won't do anything at all. Um, But yeah. I feel like there's also men who are in a position like, no, you can't do that. And if that's what you want to do, we need to sign papers. Yeah. Maybe he's like, okay, well, that means that we're like, we're going to have a threesome. Yeah, I don't know. I think... 
I think before stepping out and feeling like you need to discover this part of your sexuality by going out and, and physically getting involved with women, um, I think you need to be in these spaces uh, and like obviously talk to your partner like, oh, I potentially would like to physically experience, you know, the mm-hmm. sexual aspect of my sexuality with mm-hmm. other women. But at the same time, put yourself in these positions because I feel like... <sighs> With sexuality, it's not just all about sex. Yeah. You feel me? So everybody wants to jump to the sexual aspect of it. Like, oh, I need to know what it's like to do these things with a woman to really consider the fact that mm-hmm. I could be bisexual or, mm-hmm. or gay or whatever. Um, but there's so much more into it. So I feel like getting comfortable with being in these queer spaces mm-hmm. and, and being around women and being like, you know, open in a sense of flirty and like all those things. Um, I think it's a good start, not mm-hmm. just getting into the fucking aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you know, you're off to a good start telling him how you feel and, and the idea of exploring sexuality. And now it's just, okay, well, this is what I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. And in hopes that he's okay with it and wants to be a part of the process with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys continue to be supportive of one another. Yep. All right. That's our last uh, family meeting, y'all. That's all. Hell yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We did our best Mm -hmm. um, with the amount of uh, research that my lovely girlfriend does here. (laughs) (laughs) I let her do everything factual, y'all. I got nothing but experience for (laughs) y'all. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Thank you. Bye. Deuce, deuce, mother goose.